Hey team, this is Grant David Collins, and welcome to Basement Philanthropy, a place for people who do not want to wait until they're rich or retired to create meaning, connection, and impact with their money, regardless of the amount. On this episode, we're going to be talking to a couple about their philanthropy experience and why giving with two people is a little bit different than giving with just one. So let's get started. There are many reasons why pickleball is the fastest growing sport in America. It's inexpensive, anybody can jump on the court, and if you want to play at a high level, you absolutely can. But there are a lot of sports that can fall into those three categories, so what makes pickleball different? In my opinion, it's absolutely the community. You can meet so many quality individuals by showing up to a random park to play this sport, and that is exactly how I met Brooke and Tanner Thurgison. Brooke and Tanner are some of the most genuine and authentic people I have ever met in my life and have been such a support to me as I have been building and growing the Basement Philanthropy community. They both have big aspirations for what they want to do with their giving and pickleball, and I got to talk to them about both of those things in my interview a few weeks ago. So let's get into it. Um, okay, so what I want to know is, tell me, tell me what role pickleball is playing in both of your lives now. So, like, you guys were you you're pretty into it for like the beginning of the pickleball wave in Utah. What does that What does that look like now? What are the like aspirations? And we don't have to like hide things here. Like you can you can tell you can tell you can tell the. The large following we have here at Basement Philanthropy, <laughs> all about what what is what is the dream? What does that look like? So I think I don't know. I'm looking at Brooke for this one <laughs> we have we have pretty big aspirations when it comes to pickleball. Like it's it's kind of the center of our life right now. Okay. Let um, me just quote Tanner. We were in uh, Lake Powell for the last week, week and a half ish, and uh, we were just at his parents' house before this, and he's laying on the couch watching pickleball, and he says, "Wow." After a week and a half of being gone, it just makes me realize how much I love this sport. <laughs> As just casually watching pickleball, confessing his love. So, I mean, it's like, continue. This is like a deal. literal relationship. Like, <laughs> it is. Oh, my gosh. You know, like, distance makes the heart grow fonder. It does. And you actually experience that. It does. We haven't played in, like, a week and a half. And, you know, I'm getting antsy to get back on the court. So No. So, when we are home, though, we try and play about an hour to two hours every day. Uh, we have a pickleball machine. It's like a ball feeder, kind of like a maybe what you'd use for tennis. Yeah. And yeah, we try and get on the courts every day. And yeah, the, the goal is 600 hours a year. So that's so Tanner think... works at a pickleball club. Yep. We just applied for some jobs for the PPA, the Professional Pickleball <laughs> Association, to work and run their like. Run their pickleball events. You're kidding. Yeah. That's amazing. So, and then eventually, like. As a player, I think we want to go pro. We want to play mixed doubles together. Okay. Um, and then also just like coaching. So we'd love to coach pickleball. So we're going to kind of transition a little bit into uh, the topic of today as far as what we were going to be speaking into. What I'm really excited about is hearing about giving from the perspective of two individuals that have decided to live their lives together. 
I think that there's a lot of complexity that can kind of come up in the topic of money specifically and as an extension giving that isn't the same as what comes up with me as an individual. Like I decide what I'm going to do and then I go out and do it. And in your case, there's likely like another step involved in that process. And that's what I would love to kind of dig around this because most of the podcasts that we've had up to this point have been just individual givers. And there's a lot of people out there that are married or have, you know, a partner um, in, in one sense or the other. So before we dive too quickly into like that process, we'll get there. I'd love to hear from both of you what giving looked like apart and we'll kind of bring it together um, later. Uh, so I feel like with me, I feel like there wasn't a whole ton of creativity with giving like growing up. There were just always opportunities for service or opportunities to give. Um, I think mostly probably through the like church environment, like as a young man, like my dad was like super heavily involved in like everything church related. Yeah. Um, and so anytime there was like a church service project, like we would always be there helping trim bushes or cut down trees or whatever, um, shovel snow. Um, and so I feel like that was a lot of my experience with, with giving and service was just like, okay, I just got to show up and follow what my dad or my brother is doing, you know? Um, and I feel like as I've gotten a little bit older, um, I, I guess my perspective of that has shifted a little bit. I could, I've started to become a little bit more independent and realize that, you know, when giving is a choice, it can really become so much more powerful than just mm. like showing up to some activity. Yeah. Um, because you feel like you're the one that's exercising your agency to make this decision and give to someone rather than, um, yeah, just show up. Like shortly after getting off my mission, I had an experience. Really, it was like, like my first experience giving outside of a holiday as like, I don't know, almost like a monetary or like giving an object to someone else. Yeah. Um, I was just at Little Caesars one day or driving to Little Caesars to get myself a pizza. And I drove by this family and they had the sign out that said anything helps, like food, money, like what, I don't know, just like the classic sign. I was like, sure, you know, I want to do something for them. So I drove down to Little Caesars. I bought, instead of just one pizza, I bought two pizzas. Yeah. And I went and like parked on the street and I walked it over to them. I like, walked across the street and just gave it to them. That, it like, it wasn't a very big thing, but it was definitely a perspective shift. Like, hmm. wow, that like, that felt different than 12 days of Christmas or anything else because, um, I don't know, it was just, I guess it was the different time of year or just yeah. the independence of doing it by myself. But, um, and I, I had a couple of like smaller experiences like that, like after getting off my mission that, um, I guess made me realize that giving is a little bit different than what I had grown up yeah. believing it was. Right. The funny thing is that what I've started to learn is that giving when you start out can literally just be one step outside of yourself. So you're already on the way to Little Caesars. You're already going to buy a pizza for yourself or your roommates or whatever. You see this person that could be in need and you just tack on like a little bit. And it's such a, such an easy way to start getting into giving. And it's not like it's, it's not like you're going to start a foundation around that, or it's not like you're going to start a philanthropy around that. 
And, you know, who knows what situation those people are really in? Are they really in a dire situation? And those are some of the questions that we start to start to run through. But even if they are or are not, that first step of giving and just seeing a little bit outside of yourselves uh, or outside of yourself makes a huge difference with your perspective. Um, Brooke, so tell um, tell us, and you don't have to necessarily contrast it unless it is very um, contrasting, but how does how did that show up in your upbringing? Yeah, so I'd say that my parents actually approached giving in two pretty, I guess, distinct ways. My dad gave his time. He was super big into um, just serving other people. He would go get his hair cut down the street by some neighbor that was struggling financially because he knew she needed the money or he would go shovel people's walkways or just like service. That was his way. Whereas my mom, she was more giving with money. She was always willing to like, um, yeah, just more like spend money on people. And so I think that was really helpful for me to see that there are two different ways you can give, whether it's, you know, through your time or through your means. And I feel like that's kind of helped, um, sculpt the way I view giving is there's lots of different avenues to do it, whether it's time or money or a combination of both. Sure. Yeah. Do you feel like Tanner, as, as we kind of jump back into maybe your experience when it came to money, was that ever discussed? Was that ever a part of things or was it just like you come in, you come from religious family. So I guess, you know, we pay tithing. Was money ever brought up? It sounds like money was uh, somewhat a part of Brooke's experience. What about yours? Uh, not, not like particularly. Like around Christmas time, like we'd we'd find ways to give gifts to people or leave leave it on the doorstep, or we'd do like twelve days of Christmas for someone in need. But um, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like a huge part of our our giving. Yeah, what's so interesting about all of the conversations I've had so far on this podcast where I've interviewed somebody is that giving has looked very similar for everyone. Now, granted, there is a like particular demographic that we're pulling from. And so it's likely that it's going to show up very like similarly. But what's interesting is that it, it seems like growing up in the households of the people that, that I've talked to so far, it's like, yeah, service was there. And if we were ever going to involve money, it was going to be around a holiday and it was likely going to be 12 days of Christmas. I've heard that so many times. <laughs> on Sorry to podcast. be basic. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just, it, it's so interesting that that is, I guess, where everybody like has thought about or, or has experienced giving. And does everybody just get introduced to giving through 12 days of Christmas? <laughs> and if so, how the heck do we stop that? Because <laughs> not that 12 days of Christmas is bad or anything, but it's just kind of like... You can only give 12 days a year. That's it. The other, the other 300 plus days, nope. That's right. Oh, my gosh. So um, you two meet. Uh, what, is that, uh, what does that look like? How do you, you, you two meet on a first date? set up or how do you play pickleball for the first time that's probably better. that's the better question there so our first interaction is i am a transfer student from i originally went to utah state before my mission okay i uh, decided to go to byu when i got home and one of my roommates at utah state had also transferred to byu okay and i was like really scared i was like i don't know anyone here so i reach out to her i'm like hey i 
I need I need friends. And she's like, hey, we're going to hike Mount Timpanogos this weekend, like starting at midnight. Like we're going to go hardcore, see the sunrise. I'm like, okay, whatever. So I decided to go. And that's where me and Tanner met was uh, this friend served in his mission. So it was Got a mutual it. friend, just like group get group hike, I guess. And yeah. we met at the top. So that was our initial meeting was at the top of Mount Timpanogos. So then what happens next to result in the pickleball? Did you talk about pickleball on top of Timpanogos? Uh, so it was on the way down. We talked pretty much the whole way down and just like... I think we we vibed, so we got yeah. along pretty well. I hope so. And she she brought up pickleball, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I I played that with my family. I like pickleball. <laughs> Obviously, not like the religion like it is now to me, but um, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I converted him, and now he's converting me because I was the one who got him into it. Really, yeah. I'm the one who reached out after the hike. I DM'd him over Instagram and oh, invited him to the park. Yeah. yeah. So that's how it happened. I said I needed a fourth player. How soon after you meet do you get into a like a formal relationship? Like, do you become a couple? Uh, it was about two months after. Yeah, I was gonna say two or three months. Okay. Yep. So when you're as you're dating, when does the topic of finance come up? Because that's kind of our maybe a dunk point into giving. But when do you start like talking about finance? No, I, I'd say questions. I'd say it was a pretty important part, not of the dating process, but um, once we started talking marriage, um, like my parents had always stressed that, like marry someone that you agree with financially, that's mm -hmm. like on your same page. So since that was his number one concern, we talked about finances a lot. I feel like I had to prove myself. Um, everywhere wow. we go, I'm like trying to order the cheapest thing. I'm just kidding. But um, what's your kids' menu look like? <laughs> what's the cheapest thing I can buy? Um, and but, then I got worried that she wouldn't spend enough money. <laughs> so that so that's kind of f the finance side of things. So. As you do, you, do you have the same type of discussions around giving or service or those types of like applications, I guess, of, of finances um, as you're getting together and as you're planning your lives and, and those types of things? Uh, the first six months we were married, we tried to budget, but we didn't really have something that was super consistent. Like at the end of the month, we'd look at it, but it didn't really change our spending habits. Yeah. Um, but like we found a system that works really well for us. And since doing your course, we kind of know the amount we want to give. And it's just in our budget every single month. Like cool. we don't have to worry about it. Um, it's not some big discussion. Like we both know and are on the same page with how much we want to give. And so that way we can both be actively looking and having those discussions because we know the money's there already. Got it. So before you went through the the quick introduction to microphilanthropy that I've I've put together as part of what I'm doing here, uh, it was kind of one of those things that wasn't maybe a budget item or even really discussed. So maybe there were opportunities that you guys were maybe giving, but it wasn't. It was more like maybe what Tanner explained earlier about his upbringing around giving, which is, yeah, we'll show up to a service project. We'll do something. We'll we'll see somebody that's in need and check our wallets to see if we can make that happen. Yeah, exactly. Is there room in the budget? We don't know. Like maybe that would have hindered us before, but yeah, now it's like a creative outlet for us to like use our funds. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, did you find that you two were pretty aligned with what you wanted to create with giving, or did that take a little bit of work? As far as yeah, this is this is kind of the vision that I have it for it. And then, you know, that's what you get with two people. Like for me, it's just like, oh, I'm going to go out and do that because I'm the only person I have to check in with. 
as you all were working through that initial, like setting up that system, did you have to do any work around that or were you pretty aligned going into it? I think it's more, we were like excited when someone had a good idea Mm. to give. And so it's not like someone would come with, okay, this is what I want to do with our, with our money from the budget this month. And the other person would be like, oh, I was thinking more along these lines. Like there wasn't really ever a conflict there. It's more just like, oh, you have a great idea. Yeah, let's go do it. Let's 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 jump on that. Cool. ASAP. Cool. And I think something that aligns really well for us is neither of us are super intricate planners or like come up with things way far in advance. I think we like to kind of do things in the spur of the moment or things that are more organic. Yeah. Than like kind of trying too hard. And so I think it was always really easy for us because we had kind of the same ideas of, you know, let's go get a pizza. We're already on our way or, you know, certain things that are just more simple. So it wasn't like one of us wanted to do something super elaborate and like detailed. And the other person's like, let's just see what happens. So luckily we both kind of have that same perspective. Got it. Got it. So tell me a little bit about some of the things that you all have been involved with then. Yeah, so our most recent one is we went uh, on a family vacation with my family, and we got back a day before everyone else, and we brought a few, like, bins of food and stuff they didn't need on the trip anymore, and when we got home, we made sure to, like, clean everything really nice, and we bought my mom some flowers and a nice card just thanking her for taking us on a trip with them, and, like, we could have just cleaned the house and kind of left it at that, but we thought it'd be nice to, like, show how much we appreciated her by doing something a little extra. Yeah. And I, and I think that before we budgeted that in, that wouldn't have happened because, mm-hmm. you know, we went and spent like $10 on flowers, like $5 on a card. Like, I mean, nothing huge, but like, I don't think we would have done that before we had that in the budget because, yeah. you know, it's just extra money to spend and we had just been on vacation. So like, yeah. So just having that there was, was valuable and just, it just frees it up. So it almost like gave you things. permission. Yeah. To do that. It's 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 almost like it's there, it's available, and because you know that you have whatever amount that you're spending a month set aside, it's not even an extra expense. Mm-mm. It's just like waiting there to be used. Exactly. And I mean it always sounds like the initial spark always gets you really hyped, but sometimes like in that waiting period between like the idea and the execution gets a little fuzzy because we got back the night before we were staying the night. And not leaving until the day after we got back and we were exhausted. We're like, yeah. oh, we'll go do it tomorrow. Like, yeah. we're exhausted. And we did. And we got to the point where we were about to leave to head back to Provo. And we're like, well, do we want to go buy those flowers now that we're like all <laughs> that, ready that, to go? That was the point of conflict. It was just like, oh, we're exhausted. We're ready to get on the road. But we did it anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, like, no, this feels good. Like, we can go spend 30 minutes at the store and like writing a card and stuff. So, yeah. I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned too is just like, I don't know, kind of cut that time down for at least for us between the execution or the idea and the execution. Yeah. What's funny is that people would likely not say that what you did, they they likely would never have used the word philanthropy to describe this experience that you had with your family around buying some flowers, buying some uh, like a, a card, working through that. But the interesting thing is that it is such an incredible building block and is philanthropy. Like philanthropy, there's no like limit. It's not like you have to spend X amount of dollars in order to consider this philanthropy. Like $5, $2, $0.02 cents could be philanthropy. 
And it's the action of creating good as an outcome with your money. And so that's what I love to talk to people about. And we were texting around this and you two were a little bit hesitant to even come on the podcast. You're like, Grant, we haven't done this like big, crazy thing yet. But what I would say to you two is that you have because you're making space for it. And yeah, maybe the first thing is like flowers or pizza or whatever, but you all know how things build and grow. And it it really, I I will likely follow you till you the day you die. So you're welcome. <laughs> uh, but you'll see that like, you'll start to understand more of what depth looks like around what, what impact do we actually want to have on the world? How do we start using our money to create that impact? What does that look like? What organizations could we be a part of? Or is there a way for us to use pickleball to be involved with that? Like, there's so many avenues that start to be opened up, just like what you guys have experienced as you've just put a little bit of money aside, uh, that it's, uh, I'm just really excited to see what happens there. Any other, any other things that you guys would share? I love that experience. Is there any other experiences that you've had either together or personally that you would want to give as like examples for people? Because that's probably what I get the most of. People are like, what? What, what do I do? Like, it's so hard. It's kind of like an mm-hmm. experience like what Tanner just talked about. I have something. Yeah, go for it. So, she, has all, she has all the good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> I just need a partner in crime to do it, I guess. But, hey, that's good. Uh, at my job, um, I'm a personal trainer, and so every hour we just have back-to-back clients. And in between, you wipe down the mats and the equipment. And yeah. um, there was about a two-week span. We were out of, like, our cleaning spray. And so we were, like, using, like, water. Like, just things were a little weird. And my boss, he's super busy. Um He's a business owner and he yeah. um, has a blended family and he's just really busy. And I was like, you know, I should go like buy the cleaning spray for him like because he's busy and I'm sure it's hard for him to get to whatever grocery store he wants to go to. And so ended up going and buying some cleaning spray for them and uh, for the gym. And it just was one less thing he had to do and it wasn't that expensive. And I just I was happy I could contribute when yeah. someone else didn't have the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's so those those are so there's just so good examples and there's probably some people that are listening to this this interaction and saying, "What the heck? Like that's a business expense. They should like be paying for you or they should be like be able to run their business in a way that they don't run out of cleaner or whatever." And like that's not the point. If you're like thinking about that, it's not the point here. Like the point is that Brooke is starting to see her money as something that can do something about a situation. There's not cleaner. Oh, well, I've got stuff set aside. And there's philanthropic things that are attached to this. I want to you know, show my boss I care or take some load off of his back, even if he is your boss. Like, uh, We don't have to segment those, those things. And that's what the whole world of microphilanthropy is about, is just getting started. And it, it's like a snowball. It little small piece of of snow rolling down a hill at first, but then just collects and collects. And you likely have seen this even in your lives up up until now. I mean, you can can see it in in what you've even told me. Like there's things that are drastically different than they were six months ago. And in the same way that pickleball has has started to be this like front seat driver in your, your lives, giving can have that same effect as it's it's a focus 
to kind of wrap things up, um, what if if you're talking to a couple about giving, what what advice would you give them uh, about getting involved? I feel like the biggest thing I would say, we kind of already touched on it, but just get your finances in order. Because if you already are a little like um, some contention there, spending more money on things and maybe like, well, you're spending this much on your hobby and you're doing this. And it's like, well, you know, there's already that contention there. And if someone wants to give more, like kind of give, it could be a point of stress. And so I would say first kind of like get on the same page with finances because once you free that up, like you said, you can just get bigger and bigger with your giving because you don't have to worry about making ends meet or like reaching your financial goals. Yeah, it's awesome. Tanner, anything that you would? I think just being on the same page as your spouse, like um, kind of what we talked about, just like someone has an idea and we just jump on it. Just I think we can do that because we're pretty unified, um, really just in like everything, including finances. Yeah. Um, and so just, I guess, having that trust in each other to make decisions, um, I, I don't know. I think that's an invaluable, invaluable skill. Yeah. I, I love from, the, from working through your story around this, uh, from the very beginning, uh, it seems like either like explicitly or just inherently in who you two are, uh, this was going to happen in one one way or another and the intention that you took to the dating process specifically in finance that has opened this up is really really cool for somebody who is not in a committed relationship right now um, because the audience that we have here at Basin Philanthropy spans a lot of different um, people and life situations and as a person that is is on that that side it just makes me think of being more intentional around that as I'm working through that. Because honestly, it sounds like there's no stress over there with this. Now, obviously, there's stress in other other ways or finances are always interesting as far as looking through it. But like you guys have kind of made it look pretty easy. And it's not because it, quote unquote, is easy. What I've heard from what you've said is that you spent a lot of time figuring that out before you got in a relationship and you just continued that. And so that's the e- quote unquote easy part. It, it would be challenging to go from zero to hundred, but if you go in incremental steps, man, it's, it's not a lot of stress. There's not a lot of friction involved. Yeah, exactly. And I just want to point out, we are still in college. Um, yeah. We both work part time like it's not like we are super established or anything. So really anyone can get into this just with a little bit of um, discussion, being on the same page, planning. Like it doesn't have to be stressful, like you said. Yeah. One last question um, before we close things out. What's what's the difference that this has made in in your marriage or just in your lives? Like this is a this is a pretty pretty big step, I, I guess, um, from where you were at even maybe a year ago or before you were married. What what difference is this new experience you all are having with with giving? What, what is that making in, in your lives? And again, it can be as a marriage or a, and as a couple or personally or whatever you would share in between. 
that. Yeah, I, I, I think that as a new married couple, it's really easy to focus on yourselves and become selfish because, you know, you're planning for the future. You're thinking about, okay, how can we become pro pickleball players? Yeah. Or how can we afford a house? Or I don't know, you're just, because there's all of these unknowns after you get married, um, you, you just become very self-centered or it's easy to fall into that trap. But I feel like even just putting in that $20, $25 a month for microphilanthropy, like it it takes away that focus a little bit because it's like, okay, yeah, we are working on building our life together, but we're looking to affect other people's lives as well. Mm, cool. Yeah, Brooke, anything you would add on to that? Yeah, I think personally it's helped me to think bigger. Like you said, not just think of giving in a 12 days of Christmas sense, but it's allowed me to become more creative and allow myself to be creative without any guilt. And I think that's been my favorite thing. And just the personal character development that comes with thinking outside of yourself and just thinking bigger. I think that's the biggest thing, just the personal development of expanding my mind. Yeah, man. That's so cool. I love this. Well, uh, yeah, you too. Thanks for thanks for making my day today. Thanks for uh, walking through the uh, the setup that was the hour that we spent together in my basement <laughs> before we even started going. Uh Really appreciate that as we're kind of building and, and doing different things here. Uh, just I I love I love that you two decided to annoy me at the pickleball courts <laughs> over, probably over a year ago now uh, because yeah I, I love I love your friendship your support and what we've been doing and and the good that you two are creating in the world it's just awesome so just really really appreciate that well team that's it for me. Let's go out into the world and create good with the money in our pockets together. Talk soon.